and I am organizing the Dinners for Eight coming up April 2nd. And for some of you who don't know what that is, I just wanted to explain it so that uh, more of you could get involved with Dinners for Eight. You can sign up to be a host or you can sign up to be a guest for Dinners for Eight. Good news is I've got plenty of hosts. I need more guests, at least 20 to 30 more guests. And um, how this works is um, sign up to be a guest and um, the week before the event, I will um, put you um, into someone's, or organize it and put you going to someone's home. I will let the hosts know who their guests are. The hosts will contact you to let you know the um, time and if they would like you to bring anything um, for dinner that night on April 2nd. It's a great time of fellowship. Everybody always has a good time. So I just want to encourage you. It's open to families, to singles, to couples. Um, I have room for everybody. So April 2nd is the date. Um, and just encouraging everyone to sign up for Dinners for Eight. Everybody's welcome. All right. If you guys have any questions, you can catch Karen afterwards. We're going to do offering over these next two songs. Uh, this morning, I'd like to encourage you guys to stand as we sing these next two. It's only a 936, and I'm singing, I, I'm leading worship band speaking this morning, so I guess I can go all the way to 1145, so I've got two hours and 10 minutes this morning, so hopefully you guys are all right with that. We might want to change that clock later. Uh, let's stand. I also know that um, there's a Hawkeyes game at 11. I, I could care less about the Big Ten, honestly, so we're going to go as long as I want to go this morning, just to let you guys know. Go KU. You shine forever, your name is higher. Really, it, uh, when we were just singing that song, and Rising Sun's one of my favorite songs to sing together. You have your songs you like to sing, but that's one of my favorite songs to sing with family. When I could just sit back and uh, not listen to my stupid voice coming through the mic and you guys, it, it was beautiful. And, and we have to believe that when we come here together, and we're pronouncing God as, as God, as the only God, and we're singing to him, and, and in a week from today, we're going to praise him as a risen king. You know he's pleased by that. You know he's pleased. Let's read through Psalm 22 together, and I apologize. Uh, I'm not feeling the greatest, and so I'm going to stay right here, and you guys know, I mean, I spoke two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, and I was all over the place, like I was over there and over there, so I'm going to try to stay like right here, and my mic is like right here. So this is the only area I got. So you bear with me. I'm going to try to do this. You know, I might just jump up and Jake will have to adjust. Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from the words of my groaning. Oh my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night and I am and am not silent. Yet you are throned as the Holy One. You are the praise of Israel. In you, our fathers put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were saved. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by men and despised by the people. 
All who seek me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast upon you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me, roaring lions tearing their prey, open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted away within me. My strength is dried up like potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs have surrounded me, a band of evil men, has encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing. But you, O Lord, be not far off. All my strength, come quickly to help me. Deliver my life from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my brothers in the congregation. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all, your descendant, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him, but has listened to his cry for, for help. For you, come the, uh, for you comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear you will I fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. They who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, for he has done it. Father God, I just pray this morning as we, as we look through this passage and as we prepare for Easter and as we, as we come here with lots of different people, with lots of different things going on in, in lives, and some hurting extremely bad and some feeling great, Lord, I, I just pray that you take all of us in this room, Lord, and you, you teach us and you, you touch our hearts the way you can only touch them, Lord. And so I just pray that we are able to come before you, Lord, and, and learn what you want us to learn. In your name, amen. So it's, it's always funny, and I've talked about this many times, well, how, uh, how we pick our passages. Sometimes the speaker picks them, which is what I did last time I spoke. And, and a lot of the Psalms series, we were picking our own. But this one has been set up by the, the preaching team for a long time, Psalm 22. I didn't know I was going to be speaking on it until just a few weeks ago. And, and I really didn't look through it because you know, I've been speaking and leading music. And so I looked through it just three weeks ago. And uh, I have to laugh, and I tell you guys that all the time. I don't know how it happens that the, the passages I get so often hit me in the very place that I am in. And I'm reading through this, and I'm thinking, are you serious? How, how is this the passage? Why is this? Because it's hard, and I, I, I want to be candid with you guys and real. It's really hard to actually have the perfect passage for what you're going through in your life 
be the passage you're speaking on because that makes you go to those very places and depths of pain. And if you're reading through this, and, and, and this is set up, this was set up purposeful for Easter because as you're reading through this, you won't just hear the words of David, you'll be hearing the words of Jesus. This is a nice foreshadowing of his words that are going to come when he's, when he's on the cross. And so this morning, we won't just talk about the groans and the crying of David, but we will also talk about the groans and the crying of our Savior. So we're going to do this in two parts. We will talk about our own pain and our own struggles with, with wondering where God is, but then we'll talk about where our, our own Savior was when he was doing the exact same thing. For me personally, and, and if you hear David, you read through this, he almost sounds, I like him, because he sounds a little dramatic, like myself. So um, some could call David kind of a bipolar drama queen as you're reading through this passage. It's like, ah, oh, life stinks. Oh, I praise you. Ah, I'm a worm, but I praise you. Um, I can connect with him so well. And so if you don't like drama, this morning's not for you because David's dramatic and I'm dramatic. And so I think that's real. I think that's real. And, and, and I don't know how to express my hurt and heart this morning and how it relates to, to David and Jesus. And in no way, hear me, in no way will I compare myself to David and Jesus, but in the way that we can all relate, that pain is real. And you hear that. I, I want to talk about, maybe this morning will be the Sunday morning uh, Bible therapy. But where I'm at right now, I will tell y'all, um, it's not easy for me to hide how I'm feeling I mean, if people, if I'm upset, people know I'm upset. Uh, if I'm hurt, people know I'm hurt. In fact, I will give you a tale, like poker, a tale, tale, tale. I'm from Kansas. I can't say those words right, so you guys just understand what I'm saying, tell. Um, when I'm in pain, I don't shave. So there's a, like, if I walk into church on Sunday morning and I'm unshaven, they're like, oh, great, Tim's hurting again. Um, I don't hide well how I'm feeling, which is, I, I think, okay. I think the church should be a place where we come in, not dramatic, but we come in real. Um, and these last two, three, four weeks have been some of the harder in my life, and not for reasons like I'm losing somebody to death or, or something drastic is going to change my life forever, but as believers, we go through things in life, and, and we feel certain ways, and we get put in positions where we can feel more pain than we, we know how to cope with, and, and I've felt that way, and it doesn't, it doesn't reflect necessarily on the people in your life uh, if they're not doing something for you or if, if they're hurting you too much, but it reflects more on your own relationship with God, and so where I've been is I, I felt in a place, even though I'm, I'm trying to connect with God and I've been reading my Bible and I've been praising Him and all these things, I've felt alone in pain. And so I ask you guys a couple questions as we, as we talk about David's words. And I want you to be real, and I ask you guys to do this often. 
and, and show of hands, don't be afraid, how many of you have felt completely alone in your pain on this earth? Completely alone apart from anyone else here. How many of you felt like there is not a single person on this earth that can help you in the pain that you feel? I think all of us, if we, I think all of us, if we were being real, would, would raise our hands. Um, and I feel like these last few weeks, I've been in the place where there's no one else on this earth that could help me but God. And that's, that's dependence on the place it should be. That's good. We should be driven to our Savior. It's okay. Put, God puts people in our life that can speak truth to our hearts and that can, that can bring happiness to ourselves. But at the end of the day, we'll have those moments and stretches of time where, where they are not the people that can help us because God is the only one that can, truly. He's the only one that can. So here's the, the next question, and this is a really hard one. How many of us have felt completely alone in our pain, like there's no one else on this earth that can help us, and you have no idea where God is, and you have cried out. How many of us uttered the words, God, where are you? How many? I think we all get to places in our life where we, and these are the hardest places. I think if you're crying out, God, where are you? I can't find you. I feel alone in this. Those are the places of hurt and pain that are the most real. <laughs> and this, let me tell you how Satan works. This is the psychology of it. Satan uses psychology. He uses our brain to hurt our heart. It's real. I mean, Nick talks all the time about how dirty Satan plays. Well, well, pain is an offset of sin. We talked about that when I spoke the other day with the shame message. And, and, and shame was just Satan trying to pour onto us all these feelings. And Satan wants to do that to our lives. And so the psychology of, of this pain and feeling alone is, is Satan's goal will be to get us to feel like we are completely alone, that there is no one that could help us. And Satan's goal would be to tell us that God is far from us. He doesn't want us to believe that there's hope. He doesn't want us to believe that there's an answer. He doesn't want us to believe that there's any way out. And so Satan will use our biggest insecurities and hurts and fears and pains, and he will just pile on them. And so you will continue to hear things. And, and that's me these last few weeks. I feel even though there's people that love me greatly, I feel the people that love me greatly hurt me. And I, I feel like I, I can't climb out with, with other things. And, and Satan will pile on and say, people don't get you. They don't understand you. You are worthless. You are a worm. I mean, that's David's words, not mine. But, but I get what he's saying. And there is nothing left in you. And then I'm left there crying out, where are you then, God? Where are you? Why can't you not come to my rescue? Why can't you be right there by my side? And I don't care who you are and how much you repress pain. We all go there. We all have been there. Satan has that ear to us where, where he speaks in here and he hurts us. And his goal is to tell me, Tim, 
you are alone. You have no one. And God is not hearing you. I don't truly believe it, but he can put us in a place where we feel that way. That we feel like there's no one. He, he, can, he can take it further. If there's not intervention, if you're not going to God and realizing he's truly there, he could take it so far as to where he's done with my brother. He took my brother so far into it that my brother says God's not there to the point where God's never there. He's not real. And if he's real, then he's just one of many gods that is out there. And that's my brother who believed in his heart that there was a God. And all these things in, in life led him to a place of feeling alone in his own struggles of pain. And Satan kept playing with that psychology of his brain, saying, you are alone. You are alone. Cry out to God. He's not there. He's not there. To the point where my brother finally made the conclusion, you're right. He's not there. And that's how Satan, that's how he plays with us. That's how he fights with us, is he wants to put us in a place of, of feeling completely alone. And the, the cool thing about being completely hopeless and alone and, and feeling lost and like he's not there is that, that when you understand and when you get past that and you fully feel his presence and understand and believe that he is right there. There is so much relief and freedom and redemption that comes from that. And so as we're reading through Psalm 22, you hear David himself saying, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? Why am I alone with this? And let me give you a little background on David. We don't know when he read, wrote this psalm. Psalms is a collection of, of poems or songs that just these, a few men's hearts, but mostly David, <laughs> inspired by God. And the words came out in psalms. And we don't know what was going on in this very moment that he wrote Psalm 22. And a lot of it was, was like I said, Jesus's words. But let me tell you about David. Um, not the Bathsheba part and those kind of things, but David, from a very young age, was anointed to be king of Israel by God. So Saul was the king, and, and David was supposed to be the king to take over. And generally, it would be the lineage. Their heir would take over as king. But, but God wanted David to take over there, and so he anointed him. And, and the, the cool part of that is Saul's son, Jonathan, who would be heir to the throne, um, became David's best friend, his closest friend. And so here's David. He, his closest friend is Jonathan, Saul's son. He marries Saul's youngest daughter. And, and Saul becomes so bitter and jealous towards David and his triumphs as this great warrior and leader of these armies. And bitterness grows within Saul, and they even say the spirit left him, the spirit of Jesus left him, or God, and, and he wants to kill David. You even read that he's sitting there, David's just sitting there chilling, playing his harp, and all of a sudden this spear <laughs> almost takes him out as Saul tries to, to take his life. And for 20 years, David had to run and hide in the hills and caves away from Saul and his armies. 
his father-in-law. You know, I, I complain about my in-laws, but uh, that's taken it a step further. His father-in-law was trying to kill him. But there was no rest. He could not go to his home. He could not go to where he, well, all his family and friends, he had to run and hide in the hills. And so you can imagine, you know, I, I complain about the place I'm at right now and my hurts and my pains. And so he called David dramatic. And, and some might even say, how dare you ask God where he is or, or blame him for forsaking you? But look at David's life. He's running for his life for 20 years in the hills and caves, alone, feeling mocked and scorned and feeling like people want to take his life and people close to him want to take his life. And out of him comes these cries that I think we can relate with so easily. God, where are you? Here I am running. I have no peace. I can't go to my home. There's... There's nowhere I can go to find peace. I can't go to work. I can't go to church. And I can't go to my home. I have nowhere. I have nowhere to go for peace. Where are you? Can you meet me somewhere? Why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? And he goes through this, I'm a worm. I'm good for nothing. And then, in this whole dialogue where men want to kill me and my, my, my throat is dry. and I think you guys know this. You know these feelings. You know those moments where you just feel so much pain that it feels like everything inside of you hurts so badly and you, don't, you want an answer from it. You want freedom from it. You want to be able to just, I don't know, go to heaven and be done with it all. That's David. He's hurting so badly. Every bone, every muscle, his heart, his head hurts so badly. I know that pain. The only answer to that pain is God. And, and he's crying out, God, where are you? Are you close? Come to me. And, and obviously, as we read through... <laughs> You know, I'll just let the word speak for itself and let us get there. Psalm 22 again. I'm not going to read all of it, just this first part. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from the words of my groaning. And if you've laid in the middle of the night crying out to God, why can't I just have relief now? Right now. That's David's voice right here. Oh my God, I cry out by day, but you don't answer. <laughs> by night, I'm not silent. Yet you are thrown as the Holy One. You are the praise of Israel. In you our fathers put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were saved. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. God comes to all these hurting people's answers. But I'm a worm and not a man scorned by men and despised by people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast upon you from my mother's womb. You have been my God. There's been no other. 
do not be far from me, for trouble's close, and there is no one to help. There's that loneliness. There's no one. No one can save me. Not my friends, not my spouse, not my family. No one. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls, roaring lions. I'm poured out like water and all my bones are out of joint. That's the pain of hurt. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted away within me. My strength is dried up. I've got nothing. And my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs have surrounded me. A band of evil men have encircled me. Basically, death is coming. <laughs> David, he, know how, he, he knows how to express his heart. And I want to jump down. But you, O Lord, this is 19, you, O Lord, be not far off. O my strength, come quickly to help me. Deliver my life from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lion. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my brothers in the congregation. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. For he has cut down to 24. For he has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden his face from him. But he has listened to his cry for help. And let's just stop right there. So David's going along. And, and he understands. He gets. And his heart is expressed like we can't. I mean, we can write songs or, or poems or journal. And we can scream out the, the words of our heart. But we cannot express like David expressed that pain. But the, the result of it all is he comes back and he says, you're not far off. You are there. You have saved all these men before. You've heard their cries. You've heard their groans. You've heard their heart. You've seen the pain. You connect with the pain. You relate to the pain. And you are not far off from saving me. And I will praise you. I'll praise you. And so I want you guys and... and this is just a practice of, of me wanting us to go where God wants us to go. Because what we can really do in life is when pain comes and the hurts, those are real places. I mean, things have happened to us. Those are real things. And, and we can either do one of two things with them. We can repress them to the point where it just eats us alive, or, or we can express it in pain to God. And God wants us to go there. And I know not every single person in this room is in a place of great pain and struggling and suffering. But I know that there are people in this room that are in places of great pain and suffering. You can include me in that. And so what I want us to do before we get to the part where we talk about Jesus and how he can relate to us. Is, is I want you, before you leave here this morning, I want you to go there. Don't repress. Don't fake it till you make it. <laughs> I want you guys to go there because you know who's there when you go there. <laughs> He's not far off. And, and I'm working through that. I mean, I'm still... <laughs> I'm still like David going, oh my gosh, I am so alone and this is awful. <laughs> I'm still there. And I may be, for a little while, I'm stubborn. 
go there. There's freedom in that. There's redemption. The reason, you know, sin came into this world, there's a reason for salvation because of sin and pain. There's, there's freedom. It's not easy. We'll feel alone. But go there this morning. Go to those places. Go to those hurts and those pains. And I'm not trying to create a, a cry fest on Sunday morning in Creekside. What I'm trying to create is, is help us go to a place of, of dealing with the real issues in our lives. You, people in this room feel extremely lonely. I have no doubt that there's many of us that woke up this morning feeling so lonely, feeling so far apart from help and relief. And for those that have worked through this, we're, no, we're not far off from Satan being able to hit us right at our most hurtful and biggest insecurities. So go there this morning as we work through this. We want to see redemption. I want to see redemption. I don't want... I do not want to live my life believing I am alone and, and, and apart from, from help, from God. And I know it's not reality. I know it's not truth. So I want us to go there this morning, and, and I'm going to sing a song that's been special to me for a long time. If I can find my pick here, which I can't. <laughs> a lot of pockets. I lost my pick. Got it. Got it. <laughs> I'm going to sing the song, and, and as I sing the song, there's not going to be words on the screen. This is an opportunity before we talk about the redemption of all of this, because this is not a, a morning to to be stuck in our sadness, to be stuck in our pain. There's an answer to all of this. As I sing this song, it, it's almost like these people who wrote this song were like David and, and feeling alone, but knowing that there's an answer. And I want you guys to listen to the words, but go to your own personal place of hurt. And then as we finish that song, we will talk about the redemption of it all and, and, and leading us to, to Easter where we get to come here next Sunday and, and celebrate the defeat of our pain. It, it may not come until, you, know, you may not be fully, and this is sad news, you will not be fully free from all your pain. And it's, it stinks to hear, but you will not fully be free from all your pain until eternity. And that is a longing to be with our Savior. That is a longing to be. If you have a hard time looking forward to heaven, I don't care about thinking about streets of gold and angels, you know, hanging out with us and getting to ask Peter why the heck he denied Jesus. <laughs> Think about the fact that you will get there and those feelings you wake up with and in the night when you can't sleep and the biggest pains and hurts you ever feel in your life are gone and you're finally at perfect peace. That makes us look forward to, to what our Savior has done for us. That makes it so much easier to, to celebrate next week because <laughs> that's what that was about, our own freedom. Oh. 
who who wrote that song they were in that place but the last words the last things you hear is I'm never alone you could be cast away from everyone you love you could not have the support of your church family friends and you're never ever alone And the coolest thing about that <laughs> is that our Savior can sympathize with feeling alone. As I said, those, those words that David spoke, they were not just his words. That was foreshadowing of what words would be spoken on the cross. And in, before those, those, those words at the beginning of Psalm 22, just think about all these emotions that David was expressing were the same that our Savior went through. They were casting lots for his clothes and they were beating him and, and every bone, he could feel pain. He was uttering deep pain of our Savior. And, and I want you guys to understand this. If there is a significance about what happens and and the sacrifice that was made for us, that it wasn't, it was by a real man who felt real pain. We say this all the time, but for real. I mean, he felt, just because he didn't sin, he felt emotional pain. He felt hurt. He felt betrayal. He felt physical pain, unbearable physical pain. That's what made this sacrifice so powerful because this was the greatest sacrifice anyone could make. This was the greatest pain anyone could feel. So if he, if anyone, the person who felt more pain than we could ever imagine, those days we wake up and we don't want to face another second because of the pain, that is not even close to how our Savior felt. Just because he was fully God and fully man doesn't mean that part that was fully man didn't feel fully pain. Full hurt. Full betrayal. And those words turn to Matthew. Do you think Jesus wasn't fully man? Wait till you hear these words on the cross. Just imagine. He knew that the answer had to be his death. He went there knowingly. He went to this place of pain knowingly, but that did not leave him exempt from wanting a way out. from wanting to be met by God in the midst of his pain. Matthew 27, verse 45. He's on the cross right now. Jesus is on the cross. 
from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. About the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Ella, Ella, lama sabachthani, which means, and you can just hear him crying this out. <laughs> he's, he's about to breathe his last, and he's crying out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus on the cross, screaming out in front of all the crowd, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why do I feel alone in this pain? Why can you not meet me here? I feel like we, we know it was a great sacrifice, but I feel like we downplay it so much that this man, yes, but he was fully God. So we just went there. He did his thing. Three days later, risen from the dead. Don't forget that a man went through more extreme pain and felt more alone than we ever have. A Savior that can sympathize with where you are, hung on that cross and cried out to God, where are you? Why am I going through this right now without you? I feel completely alone. I feel completely lost in this, and I know it has to happen, but can you meet me? Where are you, God? Can you meet me? Why have you forsaken me? Those words of our Savior before he breathes his last. He sympathizes with your pain because he knew more pain. He sympathizes with how alone you are because he felt more alone. He sympathizes with feeling betrayed because he was the most betrayed ever. He cries out, why have you forsaken me? Because he was pleading to his father. His father, come meet me here. I don't want to do this alone. He sympathizes. Which leads us to redemption. <laughs> because God did not leave him alone. There was a plan for the pain. There was a plan for the alone and separation. There was a plan for it all. Because next week we're going to talk about the greatest love story there ever was. <sighs> the way out to all. The way out from all of this pain that we feel. The only way out. The redemption of it all. Salvation. We can... We can come together and praise the fact that he will rise from the dead, that God met him, and he was there, and he brought him out of it, and not just for, for Jesus, mostly, <laughs> solely, for us, for our redemption, for our salvation. God was there. He met him. He wasn't alone. And he came to his side and he raised him from the dead and, and Jesus was able to descend to heaven to sit on the throne right there with God. <laughs> so, so this is not a sad story. I could feel all the pain in the world, but I cannot go to sleep tonight and say, any of our stories are a sad story because there is redemption in the end. 
we are not alone. We are never alone. Jesus was not alone. And now Jesus is with us as he went through all of that. And we get to celebrate it. You think it's not going to be cool to come in here? Easter egg hunt, Saturday morning, the day before Easter, and celebrate with the children? You think it's not going to be able to, to be awesome to come here Sunday and celebrate a risen king? I want us to come in here and knock the roof off of this place. Because we get to sing of the power of our freedom from our pain, from our sin, from our insecurities, from our feelings of alone. We come get to celebrate our redemption. So the band's going to come back up, and we're going to sing a couple songs of praising God through pain because pain is real. And as we sing those songs, as we praise him through our pain, we get to look forward to knowing there's an answer to it all. We can praise him because there's always an answer to it all because we are never alone. Because God is, God is always with us because our Savior went to the cross and he was risen and has defeated death, sin, pain. And we will have freedom from it all. Father God, just thank you so much for your story, Lord Jesus. I pray for those in this room that are like me, that they don't know how to work through it right now. They don't know how to uh, they don't know how to, to have freedom from the pain right now. From feelings of being alone, Jesus, or or hurts or insecurities. But Lord, I pray now as we sing through the pain that we can celebrate you, Lord. We can praise you for we know there's an answer. And if there's someone in this room that doesn't know the answer, someone like my brother who doesn't know the answer, I pray that today they would, they would go there and they would find it because you're the only answer for anything, really. And so we thank you for that. And as we take communion here, we remember that sacrifice and we don't want to take it lightly. We remember your words on the cross, crying out in your own agony of pain for us, Lord. And so thank you so much for salvation in your name. Amen. I just keep singing with you guys all day um, and, and I love NCAA tournament basketball and I would just skip it for just keep singing with you guys uh, we can continue the song next Sunday we're gonna sing one more song the cool thing is here's your challenge I, I want you guys to go to the places where you need to deal with I mean we all have things we need to deal with and and, and some need more help than others maybe me <laughs> um, but Ultimately, there's an answer. There's an answer. That's, that's the coolest thing. So, so my challenge to you guys, to y'all, is 
there are people out there that don't know the answer to their pain. There are people out there that don't know the answer to their loneliness and their feelings of betrayal. That they go to those places that we go to of hurts and pains. And I wondered the whole time what people were looking at. And then I just, this is for this song. So um, that's why that's up there. Uh, I mean, not that. That's why he's wearing <laughs> You know, I was really going somewhere like, okay, back here for a second. <laughs> there are people that don't know the answer. And you know, what's, what's sad is, is we as believers in our, in our most horrible pain, we know there's an answer. What's also sad is that we in our most horrible pain know that there's an answer for all those other people that don't know, yet they're still out there not understanding the relief that can come from a Savior who is God. <laughs> and if we have ever had an opportunity to do this, we've got an Easter egg hunt Saturday and we've got Easter Sunday. And you know what? Hardly anyone ever turns down coming to church on Easter. I don't know, I don't know what it is about it, <laughs> but that's the Sunday that people feel like they got to be in church. Go out, talk to your neighbors, occupy your streets, talk to people, get people in here for the Easter egg hunt for Sunday because you know what? We're going to do Sunday like we always do Sunday. They're not going to see something, except for a lot of people on stage, um, they're not going to see something different from how we do it. We're just going to do church as people who love God. And so bring them in here so they can see how we always do this and so they can see that there's an answer to their pain. So that they can see that there's a way out. And we're going to sing a song called Multiplied. <laughs> now that's why he's doing that. It's a little, there's a little funk to it. So, <laughs> um, And we're going to sing this knowing that we, wanna, we want our praises to be multiplied by the voices of more people. More people coming to know Christ. And, and as we sing, and our praises are multiplied by more and more people, and we've seen this this last few weeks. This church has been filled. We want it to keep going. We want the overflow filled, and we want the balcony filled, and we want to be able to go show people the love of Christ and the answer to all of this. And so let's sing this together on our way out of here this morning.